When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the Phoenix Sports Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and definitely leave us a five-star review. We appreciate it as always. I'm your host, Michaela Perkins, and joining me today is Chirsten Susell, Petey, and Derek Montia. We're going to get into our Valley <laughs> Sports temperature check. Thanks for everybody letting me know that my mic wasn't working. Um, all right, here we go. Let's start it off with the Suns. The Suns, they took on the Clippers last night. I was there at the game. It was my first Suns game of the year. Super excited that I got to go and watch it as a fan. The uh, The Suns were struggling a little bit in the beginning, but they kind of got it together. Uh, they did end up beating the Clippers in a close game. The Suns are now 23-3 and in clutch game situations. I mean, talk about an exciting team to watch. What were your guys' thoughts on the game last night? I saw some people like just disappointed they didn't win by more, and that just goes to show where we're at with the Suns now, right? Like, Clutch wins, you know, you, you have bad losses throughout the season or just nights that you're off or whatever. Mm-hmm. That, like you said, that seemed to be the start of the game. But to be able to pull it all together and still pull out victory, you know, I there was criticism about their lineup not having, you know, uh, Kawhi Leonard and obviously, you know, uh, PG not in there. But I, I don't know, man. I think that this is one of those situations where it's nice for the Suns to be this good that they can still pull out wins. And the only thing we're upset about is that, well, this, should, this felt like it should have been more. Right, you know? yeah, absolutely. It, Suns knocked the Clippers out of the playoffs last year, so I don't care who they were missing. I think anytime they're going to face each other this season, they're going to remember that and play them tough. Exactly. For me, you know, you don't want to get to the point where, like, you're you should like this the, your opponent stinks and you should be blowing them out yet you're there's you're still within a couple points like you don't want it to be that but the Clippers are still a very good team so I think it's encouraging that they are still able to come away with the win and the fact that they are so good in the fourth quarter closing out games yeah. in clutch situations it's all positive for me yeah absolutely and I think as the longer the season goes on and you're finding different ways to win I think that's an important task for a team that's trying to enter the playoffs the right way. Look, when this team gets completely healthy and they're on a roll, they're going to be incredibly difficult to beat. The expectations, however, are extremely high. So then can they continue that pace? Mm. Yet to be seen. But this is what we talked about, and this is part of the point of the show. It's when things are going well and you can still find things to bitch about. Yeah. And yeah. things to complain Absolutely. about. Like, right. you, you, what do you think the Coyotes would be doing to get a few wins in a row? Like, <laughs> by seven, by two, and shoot up. Like, just get a win. Like, yeah. the point is to don't, win. Don't talk to me and Petey about losses. Yeah, right? I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Gonna, <laughs> when this team finally gets together, this Suns team, it's 
like if everything clicks, man, yep. you don't, I don't want to speak too early, but it's going to be really fun to watch what they can do this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Suns, they're the best team in the NBA. I've said it all along on this podcast. I know the Suns podcast says it every time that they're on two, but they really are the best league, the best team in the league. Um, I have some stats for you guys to hopefully blow your mind because I don't know if you guys know this, but since the bubble, so including the bubble games, the Suns are 120 and 39 in games. That to me is wild. That winning percentage, I can't do math, but I'm assuming. Good job, Monty Williams. Well, is through the roof. If, and if, James if, Jones for continuing to add to And to the that Suns, success. they only need to go 16 and 9 for the rest of the season to set a new franchise record in wins if they do it, which I mean, I feel like they can. They're on a 6-game win streak right now. Their next 6 opponents are not great. So I mean, I feel like by the end of the next 2 weeks, they will be out on a 12-game win streak barring any crazy changes, you know, knock on wood. But I mean, this team is unstoppable right now. And I hate to relate this back to the Diamondbacks, but that's uh, three Ooh. games away from a full baseball season. And that's pretty terrifying. <sighs> wow, to that think was about fast math. I would have, yeah, are. fast math could not have done that on the fly. Yeah, I would have even thought that. So yeah, that's why we have you uh, on the show. Diamondbacks <laughs> had, uh, 110 I, losses in I, their season were, were not quite as good as the Suns have been over that st- same stretch. Yeah, wild. For me, there are three things that stand out about this team that I feel like are characteristics of championship teams. Like one is the chemistry and we've known mm-hmm. that all along. And James Jones has done a phenomenal job of bringing guys in that have not disrupted and only made the chemistry stronger. Um, just closing out games, right? And I think that's something that maybe yeah. they've struggled with in the past, like teams that can close out game that's that that's big. Um, and then depth, right? And now yes. they've just added to that depth. Yeah. They've got three things that are just such big factors in championship teams. Mm-hmm. Like this team has every bit of expectations to win it all this year, and they have everything that they need to win it all. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. This is the year for the Suns. Um, Shane in the comments saying the Clippers without Kawhi and PG are sneaky good. I agree. Like people yeah. were trying to discount that That's what last I was night. They were trying to say like, oh, like you guys wouldn't like it was an easy win. Like they didn't have their two best players. But like I still think the Clippers are a really great team even without those two on the court. Um, Charles Woodall Pike saying the Suns being able to crush the last five minutes has been so fun to watch. I agree. I love watching this fourth quarter, like when the Suns are playing, because even if they're a little bit behind or whatever, I still have so much faith that they're going to just win it. Like I have just complete faith in this team, which I will say is so nice to experience because as a Valley sports fan, I am scarred and jaded. And so when I can finally just like let my my trust walls down because I have so many trust (laughs) issues and just like enjoy this team for what it is, it's so refreshing because I genuinely have not been able to do that before. But but do you not have this feeling in the back of your head that there's they're going to hurt you again? Does not I don't not still I don't know. Like I just have just like a feeling. Now? Yeah, I yeah. just have a feeling. Feel no, pain, Derek. That's kind of what I want. I want <laughs> I want her to remember the sting of last season. But no, I had that same thing last year. Like last year it's like this feels different. I've yeah. never felt this confident about this team. Yeah. Like sometimes it was even when they were really good with a really good record, you still kind of had like some crossing your fingers type moments right yeah but, absolutely um no there's just something about this team like it's even uh, i mean obviously it starts uh with cp3 right but mm. the biggest thing about him uh is even when he had an off night kind of like he seemed to start having last night you can just annoy him into being better like it's like he's it's like he's kind of toying with the other team until he realizes he has to kind of turn it on and then right. he does and he's just incredible uh the uh DraftKings sportsbook line on his assist last night were 13 and a half. And I was like, no way. He scored. He got 14. Yeah. Yeah, he got 14. So that's so. the other thing. Crazy, you ruined my bet. Uh, they, <laughs> they've got a confidence right now. And one thing about pro sports at any sports at any level is winning is contagious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. they've got an inner belief now that they can come back 
and win. They can win with a depleted lineup. They have found different ways to win. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, they can look across the bench and go, okay, it's your turn. Yeah, I yeah. did it. You do it. And yep. then once you get an accountability within the room from the guy sitting next to you, yes. not from the coach, not from the manager or the owner, it's from the guy sitting next to you. Once you have that, yeah, man, that's dangerous. And that's what this team looks like they have. It's like, okay, let's go. It's your turn. Let's yeah. pick it up. That's I it. agree 100%. And, and, and the depth too, by the way, exactly. is incredible, right? Like they, yeah. they, they've traded and made moves now to actually make their depth valuable. And it seems like, they don't have guys on the bench as much that, you know, uh, that, that they might have thrown in just in garbage time. It seems like everybody could have uh, could be an asset to this team at some point during a playoff run or at least late in the season when we want to give, you know, some of the guys some rest going into the playoffs. I think that's where my confidence comes in, too, is like Suns teams in the past, like they seem to just be missing one piece of the puzzle or like two pieces of the puzzle. But to me, the Suns team has every piece of the puzzle. They've got Everything from, you know, James Jones down working for them. They have the perfect coach. They've got the perfect lineup. They've got the perfect person making roster decisions. I just think that this is it. Like they just have every single piece of the puzzle and this is their year to do it. But as Derek mentioned earlier, we also have CP3 on this team and CP3 is the point God. And obviously we need a shirt that celebrates his epicness. So if you haven't seen it yet, this is our new shirt that just dropped this week. The point God. Oh, my God. This is the favorite shirt we've ever released. I'm obsessed with it. Praise him. Uh, praise the point praise God. Him. Ha- our point Hallelujah. God is a mighty. It's amazing. I love it. Check out our new shirt. If you um, go over to the PHNX locker, that's where it's available. If you sign up to be an annual member at gophnx.com, you get that shirt for free, which I 10 out of 10 recommend doing because with the free shirt, you also get access to a ton of great stuff on gophnx.com. All right, let's move on to the Coyotes really quick on our temperature check. Um, (laughs) Petey and Craig were out at the new arena. So if you missed it, which I don't know how you could have, but in case you did, the Coyotes will be sharing the arena that ASU hockey slash multi-purpose arena are building. You guys were out there. You did a little tour. So here's a video that Petey and Craig put together of the new arena. Steve Peters alongside Craig Morgan with PHNX Sports just got a tour of the new ASU Hockey Arena. Craig, initial thoughts? Well, I I had the luxury of getting to tour this in August virtually, and now that you see it coming together, you you really think, wow, what an unbelievable facility this is going to be, especially for a college team, right? Look, you understand some of the concerns from an NHL standpoint, but... For us, as media, for fans, it's going to be an unbelievable experience to watch NHL hockey in this arena. Yeah, you look at from the college perspective what they're going to be able to do for recruiting for a college kid coming here. This facility is going to be second to none in the country. For the NHL, sure there's going to be concerns. Yeah. I mean, the fans, though, I tell you, what a fan experience. They're going to be right on top of the players. Um, do you have any idea of some of, the, some of the main points of the new building, things we can look forward to seeing from the inside? Yeah, I know. Well, right now we're still waiting to see what seating capacity will be for an NHL game. Um, it's a little over 5,000. I think it's 5,008 for college games. Um, it's like 6,000 for concerts, things like that. They'll have to add cameras, broadcasters, scouts, all those things. But in terms of the arena itself, there are 20 luxury suites. Uh, you saw some of the club areas that are really nice. The uh, party deck for students, which is going to be unreal with a drink rail. Um, there's the community rink on the other end of the arena from where we are right now that will house a lot of the youth programs that used to be over at Oceanside. This is really going to be a hub of hockey right here. And if you extend it out even further, if the Coyotes get their permanent arena built, I think it's a mile and a half down the road. Imagine 
Tempe basically is the hub of hockey in Arizona. Did you get any idea of what the Coyotes Annex would look like and where that's going to be located? Yeah, it's actually really close to where we're standing right now. I think if people, rather than giving them directions, I think people know where Packard Stadium used to be, the home of Sun Devil Baseball. Basically, it's right next to that, right right next to the grandstand. So it's off that corner of the building where they'll have all of their team areas at the cost of 20 to $25 million. They will have easy access, the players, to parking right So that was the tour of the new arena. PD, I know you were out there and you gave us a great comprehensive breakdown of it in that video. But what were your overall impressions and your honest, honest opinion if you think NHL games are going to be successful in that arena? First, it's a beautiful facility in an unbelievable location. Like your stand, it's right next to the football stadium. You get to see the mountain there. It's gorgeous. It's a great college rink. It's a really good college drink. When you walk in and go, oh shit, this is small. And it's it's stunningly small. Mm. I, I've talked to a lot of people around the league this week because people called me and said, they're not really doing this. Are they? they can't really play there. I heard from coaches, managers, they're not really going to do this. Like this is an embarrassment to the league. The league can't do this. The players won't let them. But the last thing every one of them said, every one of them can't wait to watch a game there. Yeah. This is going to be an NHL experience that you will not ever see again. Mm -hmm. You are so close to this action from anywhere in the building. If you're lucky enough to get in, it's going to be phenomenal. And one of the things I'm concerned about is I read, oh, it's going to be full of drunk ASU students. Like hell it is. How are they going to get tickets? How are you going to get into this building? Right. Like, mm. This is going to be one of the hardest sports tickets to get for one of the worst teams in sports which is a dichotomy, but it's true. It's kind of brilliant from that perspective. The environment in that building is going to be insane if you can get in. Mm. Will it be the same watching a 1-22 in team? Eh, Maybe not, but you can see Alex Govechkin, Sidney Crosby. You can almost reach out and touch Connor McDavid. Are you kidding me? The experience is going to be phenomenal. So the naysayers are people that, one, have no idea. How does this affect the fan in Canada? What the hell do they care how big the Arizona Coyotes Stadium is? Well, you know know the reason why is because they think it should be there. Yeah, they think that it's something that they're just waiting to poach this team for some team in Canada, for some city in Canada. And so that's why they're in all the Coyotes mentions and everything like that. I get it, but you know, maybe maybe look towards expansion or something else. I, I don't know. The Coyotes, though, do have an issue right now, right? It it is become one of those situations where uh, it it's kind of like you said, it, it's kind of laughed at a bit for due sure. to the size of it. And I all I could think is how much I want to be in there. Like you said, that's all I think about, yeah. right? I mean, it, it's it's a I guess it's a weird metaphor because it's not like watching the Beatles because you can't compare the coyotes <laughs> to the Beatles, but you know, in a way with the, maybe with some of the opposing players or everything combined, it's, it's like getting to see somebody incredible in a very small venue that you would never get uh, so intimate, like 50 seats in some bar yeah. and some, you know, famous band or something got, got a chance to play there one night. Right. Like that's the, that's the appeal there. And I, I, like you said, I don't see this stadium being empty. So like, that's not a, bad thing either that it's going to be filled with people every game and not you know not have that same capacity issue where you know half the half the stadium is empty so i was talking to coyotes former gm don maloney on the phone earlier and he sort of echoed those sentiments and said (laughs) that first off since he has 
ties to Arizona and he's in Calgary now, but he's like the go-to guy where everyone's coming up to him being like, what the hell's going on in Arizona? Um, so there is a part uh, where people just kind of think it's a bad look for the NHL and you have your superstars that do have to go in and play in this, this rinketing 5,000 will be less than 5,000, uh, seat arena. And some of it, some people just look at it as, as a joke and some players don't want to play there or just think it's a bad look for the NHL as a whole. But then you also have, and he echoed the same sentiment where it it's become like, you know, it's going to be a, a hot ticket thing to get into one of those games. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So the conversation here in Arizona, um, and the conversation around the league might be a little bit different. Well, we'll get into the conversation yeah. later when we talk about the drama surrounding this. But I think my greatest concern is just I don't think Coyotes fans realize how small it is. And I'm just worried that they're going to be disappointed when they go in there for a game. Because, I mean, you walk into Gila River Arena and that thing is massive. Like it, And it feels like I'm in a professional sports venue. And half of the appeal of going to a game is to get that experience that, you know, some people can only afford to go to once every year. And it's, you know, they have like the whole thing in this giant arena, this whole experience. And then, you know, you're going to go to ASU Arena and it's perfect, like you said, for a college hockey team, especially coming from Oceanside, because Oceanside is a rinky dinky little community rink so it's going to be great for asu hockey but i'm just i'm worried that coyotes fans are going to be disappointed when they go in there and they see the size of it how many people are in there and i'm just that's what i'm the most concerned about i might be wrong once again you're going from alienating a certain uh part of your fan base because you're out in glendale now you're moving to tempe you're closer more accessible but now you're going to alienate and alienate a different part of your fan base for the people who can't even get in to see a game yeah and and let's go a step farther you're alienating that group should we talk about the fans getting in you're not getting in yeah this is going to be so hard to get in for one and then let's take another step further well i'll just watch them on tv good luck try (laughs) try getting with sinclair and getting into a regional sports network without paying I mean, we've people are cutting the cord. How do you watch your favorite teams? Mm-hmm. It's a problem. It's not a problem if you want to go see them in Glendale. You can't see them in Tempe because you won't be able to get a ticket. And you can't watch them on TV unless you have DirecTV or cable. So what are you going to do? Yeah. So how many fans are you going to alienate over the next three, four years that five years from now, if... If you get the new building in Tempe, if you get it, then all of a sudden you go, okay, we're ready to start winning. We're really good now. Here's a building. Come back. Right. I don't don't know, though, because we have three seasons of playing there, right? That's what the deal is for. So after three seasons, don't you think to a degree that there's going to be people that have been wanting to watch these games so much that there'll be more people attending games at a bigger venue once that's available? Let's hope so. Not if you like straight up can't watch any of them and, and don't feel invested because you're, you can't watch any of their games. So I doubt like three years of being like, yeah, I just, who even plays anymore? Cause I haven't even seen them in three years. Like it could go, I see what you're saying, but I feel like the mm-hmm. risk of, of, of people just not being able to watch is greater than the opposite. I just compare it to this, uh, like merchandise companies do these drops now and it puts you when you miss drop after drop, whether it's shoes, hats, it doesn't matter what it is, 
you stop caring even about if you like the thing and you're so like dead set on getting it just like a ticket you know that you might not be able to get into but once you get there you're so excited that you get to go like crumble cookies Uh, when they release their cookies every week (laughs) i had crumble cookies for the first time last week i understand the hype those things are amazing they were out of banana cream when i went and i was so angry and i was like what do you mean you're out just make more how is it that hard the coyotes are crumble cookies make them desirable we're gonna We're going to talk more about this arena stuff in a little bit. But before we get into that, I do want to talk to you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook Um, Hoops fans. The latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs. 360 windmill good. New customers or a Mikhail dunk good. He had two of them last night back to back. I was like, damn, go on, Mikhail. Um, (laughs) New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win it's that simple jacking sportsbook customers can also bet on the nba with same game parlays combine multiple bets for the same game for a bigger payout the more legs you add the more money you can win hopefully you do not have deandre ayton buckets in your parlay last night mm. because he did not do very well uh DraftKings is safe secure and reliable and best of all you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want download the DraftKings sportsbook app now use promo code phnx bet just one dollar on any nba team and get 150 dollars in free bets if they win that's promo code phnx at DraftKings sportsbook the official sports betting partner of the nba 21 and up only arizona only gambling problem call 1-800 next step new customers only minimum five dollars deposit eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details all right i love drama (laughs) it's time to talk about some drama mama i don't know what is going on but i swear to god the valley sports are like a reality tv show the housewives i i can't i don't even know what's happening i feel like all the drama in the universe is centered in the Valley right now, and it's all surrounding our sports teams, and there's a lot of it. Celebrity Big Brother is on right now, so that I'm might watching be the that show. Of, yeah. um, uh-huh. I haven't watched it recently, but I'm hoping Todrick oh, wins. Oh, it gets dramatic soon. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. oh, no. You gotta get oh. caught up. Well, just like Maybe celebrity, you don't watch yeah, this crap. Oh. So you guys, oh, I am a reality. Yeah. Out, right? I am addicted to reality TV. That is like the only thing I watch on television besides sports. It is really? a problem. I love reality TV, but I do feel like the Valley Sports are starring in one of my favorite reality TV shows right now because holy cow, what the heck is going on? Obviously, we need to start with the Cardinals because that has been a ton of talk recently. Uh, Kyler Murray obviously has been the center of this. He um, deleted some pictures off Instagram, which we all know. Uh, Our own Johnny Venerable, he posted about this, made an observation, and the story went national. Um, Obviously, you can see there Johnny's tweet and then some reaction on the side. Um, I what's it? I can't see the um, saying that that was his favorite storyline of Super Bowl, which I agree because I thought it was drama filled, which I love. Um, like I mentioned before, so obviously you have Kyler deleting pictures off Instagram, and this becomes a national storyline, and people start talking about it. There's like a lot of different things that are coming out of this. Like, is he unhappy? Does he want more money? And uh, we all we all have kind of chimed in on this, but I mean, Kirsten, you don't really think. Um, it has anything to do with anything besides money, right? Like this is all of a ploy to get more money. 
No, I have absolutely no idea what his intentions were. <laughs> the only thing that I feel like is pretty apparent is that he knew that he was making some sort of a statement that wasn't going to go unnoticed by deleting everything out of his profile. I don't care who you are. If you work for ESPN even, and you're like one of my go-to people that I, and all of a sudden I go to your profile, I'm like, oh my God, it doesn't say ESPN anymore and everything's deleted. I don't care who you are. People are going to pick up on that. When you're a quarterback for an NFL franchise people are going to notice so I don't know what his intentions exactly were I mean you could definitely say oh it's probably got to do something with the contract situation whatever they were he did it intentionally and then I, I I have a hard time talking about this without also talking about the statement that he released which I'm right. sure that we have yes so he to update everybody on the drama obviously we all know this happened there's been some thoughts and comments from a lot of different people saying that this shouldn't be a story this is a story whatever but kyler murray did release a statement yesterday he posted it on twitter and it says i play this game for the love of it my teammates everyone who has helped me get to this position that believed in me to win a championship all of this is nonsense is all of this nonsense is not what i'm about never has been never will be anyone who has stepped between those lines with me knows how hard i go love me or hate me but i'm going to continue to grow and get better so that was Kyler's statement. So please tell me why he's not about this nonsense and everything when he is the one that started it. You know what you're doing when you are a celebrity of that caliber, whether you're a pro athlete, whatever, you have celebrity status. When you make a move like that, you know dang well what you're doing. So my whole thing is at least take a little bit of ownership, like at least say, I understand how that might have been perceived. It was not my intention, but don't now pawn it off on everybody else for like creating drama and you know i'm not about any of this like at least take a little bit of ownership for that what are your thoughts on it pd well, it, this is what's hard for me like Tristan's in like she gets the cardinal vibe i'm a fan i stand on the periphery and go okay to me what in the hell are you talking about we talk about a, a, a guy that's supposed to be a young leader of his team that's what a quarterback is. And we compare them to there are some pretty darn good young quarterbacks in this league right now that are leading this team. This is not a move of a leader to me. This is, hey, if I got a problem with owners, management, money, whatever it is, I'm going to knock on your door and let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do this. I don't know how this binds teammates. I don't know how this binds the message of group and togetherness. Whether they are together or not is beyond the pale. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's what do we perceive it as. And now the perception is, what the hell are you talking about? You don't like drama. What the hell are you tweeting it for? Right. You idiot? Like, that's just dumb. Like, so how am I going to buy into him? And now he's got to get behind center next year. I'm going to go, well, you know, the, the piece that I don't most concerned about is where's the team in this? Yeah. Where's the team going? Hey, we, we saw this message yesterday. He's a crybaby and he's a finger pointer. Where's the team going? Hey, hey, hey. We're behind Kyler. He's our guy. He's great in the room. He's our leader. Where's that? Well, there was a. They did. The team itself released a little bit of a statement basically saying that, okay. like, he's our well, guy. We're behind him. Um, and then his Matt. teammates okay. have come out and said, yeah, it's okay. That's, what, that's why. Sorry. That's why we've got a group here. It's not just one person. We bring our minds together. And some of his, his teammates have come out in response to him. And a lot of fans are saying, like, who the hell cares if he deleted something on his Instagram? He's a good player. It's just like, yeah, I get that. And I'm not saying trade him because he deleted something out of his Instagram. It's just you already have and he knows damn well that the the conversation surrounding him is like 
does he lack leadership qualities? You know that is a thing. Whether you whether you pay attention to everything that's said about you or not, you know that's a thing. Mm-hmm. So when you're making a move like that, be a little more conscious of it. Yeah. I mean, and it is a storyline. It's happened to other athletes have done it in other leagues. I mean, Von Miller did it with the Broncos when he was unhappy with the Broncos. And it is a storyline. It is worth talking about. And I do believe there is intentionality behind the actions. Kyler knew yeah. what he was doing when he yeah. archived those posts. He was intentional with those decisions and then when he came out with his statement yesterday i also was a little off put by that because he said he's not about this nonsense well if you're not about the nonsense don't archive those posts yeah like if you don't think there's going to be any fallout from those actions when you're a professional athlete on the highest stage in front of thousands and thousands and millions of fans like i just i don't agree with that because like you know it's the same thing with me like if i'm dating somebody and i all of a sudden just delete all the pictures of me and my boyfriend off instagram people are gonna be like oh my god michaela broke up with her boyfriend like it's the same thing like i just don't think it's fair to like be like if I don't, and obviously I can't speak for Kyle and I don't know how he feels but like if you don't want to be about this nonsense don't do stuff like that because you're gonna get some nonsense out of it like we're all gonna react to it I'll say this just in defense of Kyle I also don't have a boyfriend by the way she's been single and still is <laughs> Kyler's 24 years old and I think yeah. that's the thing to keep in perspective here like he's not going to always make the most mature decisions at 24. Yeah. I understand. We want everybody to be grown up. And when you're in this position, in this spotlight, you should be mature and you should be able to handle it. And that's part of, you know, uh, the reason why NFL teams analyze these guys when they draft them and put them through 50 interviews to figure out how how they are as a person besides just their athletic abilities, right? Yeah. I just think that in this case, it was an immature decision. It's not, I don't think anybody can say he didn't do it on purpose with some meaning. Yeah. But at the same time, too, sometimes when you're 24 years old and you're just angry about something, you just make a dumb decision that you don't really care if it's going to cause drama or not. Right. However, and you take didn't ownership think that, of it. You, right. you don't. Right. Well, and I mean, that's kind of, again, another image. You're stacking immature moves on right. top of immature moves. Right. But you also don't think that you deleting your Instagram stuff or archiving it is going to make it on ESPN. And then it does, right? And so no, again, he knows, he knows, <laughs> I mean, he knows. It's like I think someone in the chat said he did this uh, a similar move when he was in college at Texas A and M. And to be honest, yeah, I actually saw someone bring that up yesterday, and it's it, it when he was transferring. Yeah, it was it was like part of his. Oh, like, well, no one's gonna say a thing. Well, if yeah, yeah well, it's again, not gonna it's, be on an ESPN or the NFL Network. No, right. well, I and, mean, uh, and again, it it's. It might be a well-calculated move. It might be beyond him just being immature and doing it. He might have done it with intent and purpose. But it also doesn't – I also don't feel like uh, his age and handling things at this don't play – Right. Well, and also he needs to understand that like he's the quarterback of the team and the quarterback of the team is usually seen as a leader. And so decisions like this are going to infect everybody in the organization, including his teammates. And obviously, like, you know, his teammates have said very positive things about him. Zach Ertz, J.J. Watt. I mean, J.J. Watt even came out with a video uh, while this video, while this drama was going on. I think we have it. Um, If you want to play the video of J.J. Watt's reaction. I just tried to FaceTime Kyler. He didn't answer. What does it mean? Are we still friends? Does he still follow me on social? Maybe he's just at dinner. 
obviously that's a hilarious reaction from JJ Watt. To be fair, that's my exact reaction when my friends really don't answer the phone when I call them. So I mean, I, I, kind of, I kind of feel that. First way. of all, what neighborhood does he live in? I don't know, but it sounds like Leah's uh, yeah, with the street gang outside. <laughs> the sirens. Are you okay, JJ? <laughs> um, but I mean, obviously his actions are going to affect everyone. I love that JJ Watt had fun with it, but I mean, this is now a story that has become major drama and i feel like the drama is justified because if you are a leader of organization and you do something like that people are going to react to it whether it's a justified reaction or not i don't i can't tell you but everyone can react how they want to something like that this is this is why people aren't on social media this is why people delete their accounts which is fine but like but he could do something similar like because he's a you know um he, he plays call of duty so i mean he could do something similar like in a twitch thing that he's on and then all of a sudden that becomes viral too right he says something because he's being honest like booker uh is is has at times said funny things in there that kind of maybe nothing that makes him look bad but devin booker at times has like videos of him saying funny things when he's doing when he's playing video games right it could be anywhere because sometimes that's where you let down your guard and that's where you do something that uh you might regret i've seen the you know pr guys coach these guys even when they're veterans about what that they should be saying and not saying to the media so it's it's not like it's something that the teams try to do something about uh, to to not have this kind of reaction. I also don't feel like there's anything wrong with fans wanting a franchise quarterback to be more supportive of the team he's playing for and the community he's living in. Mm. So for everybody who's saying everybody's just on a smear campaign, leave him alone, he's young, he's this and that. If what you want out of your quarterback is a guy like Josh Allen, is a guy like Joe Burrow, where you're getting more of a leader, of a a person that's out in the community, or a person that is, I'm all in on this city, there's nothing wrong with a fan wanting that. Right. And, and Kyler, honestly, I don't know that he's ever going to be that. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that he's not going to be a great player, a great talent, and have success in this league. Yeah. But it doesn't It doesn't have to be one way or another. Yeah. yeah. PD, I think you're going to... No, but I just think that that's kind of our right as a sports fan to criticize move like, like yeah. this. I mean, this... This is part of unfortunate. This is part of what sports is. It's not always between the lines. And I know people want to keep it there. And this is a hey, how I play is how I play. Bullshit. Like we earn the right to criticize move like this. And honestly, that's why the four of us are sitting here right now. And that's why networks like ESPN and watch TNT basketball and TNT hockey, because we can do this. Yeah. For me, this is my soap operas. This is this is the storylines <laughs> I follow. Mm-hmm. And it's I, I've earned the right. That's what sports does to people. I've invested my time my money and my energy into this team. Yeah, I can complain about it if I want to. Yeah. And, and on this particular thing, he's a guy I want to root for the Cardinals. I want to be, hey, this guy's got it. He's on it under control and he's going to go win for me. He's going to fight for me. Now you're like, eh, is it more about him or is it the team? Don't, don't give us the opportunity to see that. And to say he didn't see that, come on. Yeah. Like my 18-year-old, when my son was 18, he's older than 18 now, when he was 18 in high school and tweeting stuff, you go, hey, Everything you tweet there affects things. Yeah. Be aware of that. Yeah. I taught him that when he was 16. He yeah. knows. Come on. Well, William Jasper in the comments saying, huge lack of ownership from Kyler. Leadership is lacking from the organization as a whole. Just show up at this level. I mean, that's a great point. I do think and, there is a lack of ownership on Kyler's behalf, especially with his statement yesterday. And that's what I wanted to ask Cheerson coming here. Where does any of this lie on or a representation of the coaching staff? Of Cliff, does I this mean, is this should he have come out and said something, or should he have handled the situation? Or I've heard people saying, "Well, it's a reflection of the coach." Is that fair? Um, 
I would say you could make that argument a little bit. I would say that Kyler's been his own person and he's been that way his probably his entire, you know, life and career. You could make the argument that Cliff is not the right leader for him and doesn't have the capability of calling him out or putting him in place or making him have a reality check. So in that way, you can certainly and that's just a conversation. So, you know, I I have not heard that directly from the organization, but that's what the conversation is right now is, is Cliff the right coach to be able to, uh, to give him what he needs to mature into a leader. Yeah. And so, yeah, from that standpoint, you could, you can, you could argue both ways. I would also say that this is just kind of who Kyler is and it is what it is. Um, perplexed damage in the comments saying, um, he said he was going to have to grow. That will help him be a better QB. I think that was a short joke. Um, if it was, I love it. Um, 100%. Um, but I wanted to go off of this because Petey Graham brings up a great point in this, maybe being a coaching issue, an organizational issue. Um, NFL AZ Cardinals in the comments asking, do you guys think this drama might steer away free agents from coming here? And I wanted to bring up that question because although it might not necessarily, in my opinion, deter free agents from coming here, it might affect the free agents that are on the roster. So today, this is more drama, you guys. We're just adding to the drama. Taylor Jones tweeted something that was very interesting. Um, He said... Something I guess was like a subtweet, but I couldn't really tell um, which NFL team had the number one pass rush this offseason. I feel like he was alluding to the fact that he contributed to the best pass rush in one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. He is due to be a free agent and... There have been a ton of criticisms about his performance this year, whether he deserves to stay with the Cardinals and get more money if the Cardinals should let him go because of his performance. And so I feel like now we're adding another layer to our drama cake. And Chandler Jones is um, starting to hint that maybe he and we know that he hasn't been the happiest with the Cardinals. He did request a trade last season. Um, But I think now he's starting to bring up the fact that he feels maybe disrespected and he deserves more money and he should get more money for, you know, the job that he's done throughout his career. What are your thoughts on Chandler Jones maybe uh, subtweeting the the league? (laughs) I will say this. Chandler Jones knows that whatever he puts on social media is going to be perceived in some way. Okay. There's no, um, there's no doubt about that. So, and he uses social media often, and I like it. I think he 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 very much knows what's gonna come come of it. Um, this is a read between the lines. What is he hinting at? And I think he wanted people to start talking, right? So whether it means like, um, oh, who had the best? The Cardinals didn't have the best pass rush. So, like, I don't. I, I de- they're definitely up within. I think the top five. So, um, and that might not. That's off the top of my head. I don't quote me on that. <laughs> uh, they had one of the better pass rushes, and so in that regard, maybe he's hinting at that, or maybe he's just saying like, "Hmm, scoping for places." Like, I don't really know what he's saying, but I think it has something to do with the fact that he's going to be a free agent here in a, in a few weeks and is going to have to make a decision. And I don't think the Cardinals are in a place to resign him. He got upset because he wanted a long-term, big money deal. Cardinals wouldn't give it to him. He requested a trade. They decided for the Cardinals wouldn't give him the trade, um, and he played out this season. And I, I, I love the guy. I don't know that he's worth what he wants, but the Cardinals just don't have the money to get into any sort of bidding wars with anyone or anything like that. So if there's another team that's interested in him, and the, the what I've seen kind of floating around is 
Uh, there's a possibility maybe the Patriots would be interested in bringing him back to New England. Uh, I think he's going to go wherever he feels wanted and where whoever's going to pay him. Yeah, I agree. Um, B's in the comments saying the entire situation reminds me of the office finger gun standoff meme. <laughs> I totally agree. That's hilarious. A great observation. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, Jordan Karchner commenting, how can you discipline someone for immaturity when your GM didn't face a discipline for a DUI? That's also a great point. I mean, um, is it an organizational mm, issue? Like The tea is hot today. The tea Jordan. is hot. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan, for adding to our hot tea over we here. Have, we need to have like a, a, a reality TV show name for this podcast yes. today um yes charles P- woodall pike saying actions have consequences especially when you're in the public eye like a sports athlete it's also a great point um but if you want more of an in-depth analysis on the uh, chandler jones situation johnny venerable wrote an article that's up on gophnx.com right now if you want to go check that out i'd highly recommend it because it kind of does a more in-depth analysis on the entire situation that chandler jones is facing as a free agent um, I want to play a little bit of a game with you guys as we're going along here talking about this drama. Um, I call it the Macometer of drama. And we're going to go through and we're going to talk about uh, where we think these stories lie on this beautiful Macometer of drama. Um, one, obviously, being this isn't a big deal. Five, being like a middle of the road. And 10, being like, oh my God, this is the most drama I've ever seen in my life. So when you look at the Cardinals situation as a whole, between the Kyler Murray social media thing, possibly you could throw in Chandler Jones in there. What score do you give this on the Macometer of drama? I give it an eight. It's a lot of drama and it's a lot of concern, especially considering how good this team was uh, for a period of time last year and how it's kind of all fallen apart since then. And, And it's not just the performance on the field and injuries. It's also all of this drama and I mean, they really had something good. Someone brought up about recruiting, you know, and and that's something the Cardinals have been doing well lately. And a lot of that is the players on the team recruiting other guys that they've played with or bringing in guys that they, you know, want to want to help make this team better. Uh, I I just don't know if uh, this entire situation is going to help at all with the free agency, you know, the gaps that they're going to have as far as position players go next season with mm. with those that are leaving. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get to Cheerson's number, I want to say if you guys are in the comments, which I see a bunch of you now, so thank you for watching. Let us know what your score on the Macometer of drama is when it comes to the Cardinal situation. I want to know how you guys are feeling about it. If you think it's a story, if you don't think it's a story, give us a rating on the Macometer of drama for this whole situation. Cheerson, where are you at? I think when the Kyler situation first happened, I would have called it an eight because not only did you have the fallout from that, but you had the Cardinals chiming in and archiving their posts to match up with <laughs> Kyler's, which even which furthered the conversation and the question marks is like, oh, well, the team responded is are they making light of it to like try and make everything go away or or because like if I was Kyler and I did this because I was pissed and all of a sudden I feel like you're mocking me like the team's team account is now mocking me for it. Yeah. Like did that would that make things worse? Like who the hell knows? But that and then Kyler released his statement. Uh various people teammates were like asked about it. They brushed off. So like it was very much a thing. So I would call it like an eight or a nine when it first started. I think it's dwindling down a few notches. Notches a little bit. <laughs> so like a six or a seven. But this is now going to be something that's not going away. And anytime Kyler does something throughout this offseason throughout the next season etc and he's you know wanting this contract extension it's going to be magnified in my opinion yeah 
Where are you at, Petey? Wait, wait, for me, especially with the NFL, the bar is set pretty damn high. Yeah. If you want a 9 or a 10, you need to take your jersey off during a game, throw it in the stands, and walk out on your team. That's a 9 or 10 for me. Jeez. <laughs> Kyler's a 7. Uh, like, Antonio a Brown, we're looking at you. He's a big player. <laughs> it's a big deal because he's a big player. Yeah. And, and he's supposed to be the guy. Yeah. And you saw the playoffs that this team just went through, and a lot of fingers got pointed to Kyler Murray for that performance in the playoffs, whether it's justified or not. Yeah. They were. And you look for a quarterback, and Joel Burrow, on the flip side of that coin, leads his team. Maybe shouldn't have been there, but he puts him on his back and carries him. So I think that magnified what the expectations are of Kyler Murray as a leader. Yeah. And I think that's what elevated this story to be as big as it was. Hey, if this team is the Coyotes, and, and no offense to the Coyotes, well, actually, a little offense to the Coyotes. <laughs> but if, if, this team, if this team has two wins on the season, people are, eh. Yeah. You know, it, oh. But, but this team's expectations were so high for this Cardinal team halfway through the year that I think that makes this even a bigger deal yeah. Yeah. than if they were just a two and in, in, in 14. Yeah. Teams. Well, and the leadership aspect was already in question. And I mentioned that it's not like this came out of nowhere and it's like, Oh, all of a sudden they're questioning his leadership. It was like, first off, it's been since he came here and yeah, people weren't really talking about it when they were seven and zero or 10 and two to start the season because eh, it might still be there, but if they're winning, then we're not really going to talk about it. Why would we? And then as soon as they started going on the downhill trend Okay, now we're kind of talking about it. Is this a leadership thing? Is it Cliff? Is it Kyler? But that that conversation ramped back up and continued on. And then all of a sudden, a move like this, it's right. just, it just solidifies the story. Well, and right. I, I want to quickly move on because we have like three other topics to get to. But I want to make sure that we include your guys' comments. Um, Charles Whittlepike saying he's giving it an eight. Uh, Stephen Vice saying it's a five. So we're kind of all over the place um, with the reactions, which is totally fine. Like I said, you guys can react however you want, just like we're going to react however we want when we read into things like this. Um, but I definitely think it's an interesting story. It's made national news for a reason. So um, lots of drama when it comes to the Cardinals. Um, and I did want to go on really quickly and talk about the Suns because there's not a ton of drama surrounding the Suns right now. However, I do believe there will be some drama when we do get to our free agency period in the offseason because obviously we all know DeAndre Ayton um, was expecting a rookie max contract extension earlier this year. And when he didn't get it, he was reportedly very unhappy with the Phoenix Suns. Um, obviously, he felt like he was getting slighted and deserved a rookie contract. Or I don't want to speak for him, but I do feel like there was probably some feelings of like maybe he deserved that rookie max contract extension. And when he didn't get it, he probably felt a little bit slighted, which I could say I would probably feel the same way if I was in that position. Um, so this whole time in between him not getting the extension and now you know people have been looking at his performance as a reason to either justify him getting more money or him not getting more money because if he doesn't um he can't he he will be a restricted free agent um so the Suns will have a chance to match any offer that comes deandre ayton's way in the offseason but people have been using this as a time to really look at deandre ayton and figure out if he deserves more money or you know if the Suns are going to let him walk um we've had a couple tweets throughout the season obviously Pointing out DeAndre's uh, performance, we had one from Gerald last night talking about, um, you know, his, uh, sorry, um, his, the, his percentage of made hook shots this season, um, Suns Mode Sana saying, um, pointing out a, a wide variety of things of why DeAndre Ayton deserves more money. So I guess my question to you all is, you know, do you think that this story 
is drama? Do you think that he deserves more money? Do you think the Suns should spend, open up their pocketbooks and make sure that he stays a part of this roster? Has his performance garnered that? Or do you think, um, you know, the Suns might let him walk at the end of the season? I, I don't think the Suns are going to let him walk. I think that they should pay him. I think he absolutely deserves it because of his maturity and his growth. Like mm-hmm. his, uh, I, I don't know, I was commenting last night, but I was just really impressed with his footwork and and his, his hands lately, yeah. his ability, his balance. There's just a lot of things there that he looks like he's come so far as as far as a player goes. I, I, I don't know where to rate the drama because it doesn't really feel like the difference here with the Kyler situation and other stuff is that we have physical evidence of that person being angry. All we have really is people saying that right. he's upset with the organization or whatever. And I mean, again, that's that person's opinion about the comment he made or whatever. Of course he's upset. He feels like he's done a lot for this team and he expected to get that. And when you don't get that contract extension you were expecting, you're you're going to be upset. You're not going to be thrilled about it. I, I think that the Suns might have wanted to see this season if he was capable of still progressing and still getting better and earning this money like he hasn't already earned it you know with his his past performance but it's a it's it's I think a difference of doing it one season versus being able to put it together consistently yeah Tristan do you think that DA has earned the bag I do and I also am very impressed and while we're you know, getting off the topic of Kyler and, um, you know, a maturity and a leadership thing. Well, we're getting back to that. Hold uh, on just a second. Well, I was going to loop that in with DeAndre. Am yeah, I overstepping no, absolutely. things? So, no, you're good. We have a tweet from Espo, actually, who pointed that out. The same thing. DeAndre Ayton and Kyler Murray are an interesting case study on how guys in similar situations handle themselves in vastly different ways. Um, this was drama because Espo caught some heat on Twitter for this, which I feel is very undeserved because he does make a good point. And Tristan, I know you're about to make that point for him. Yeah, I've been talking about before anything that happened with Kyler this entire season, DeAndre was considered an immature player. And again, he's young as well, but one knock on him, his entire career has been that he's immature and he needs to grow up. And the way that he's handled not getting the contract he felt like he deserved. Mm -hmm. And that is a thing. He and his agent were after a five-year max max deal. They were talking about maybe a three- or four-year deal for less than he wanted, and, you know, he he didn't like that. So to see a guy who's had in the past, and trust me, being around that organization and being – he didn't like the media. I mean, trust me. I mean, they, they were justified in saying that he had some maturity issues. He had some growing up to do. He's now a dad. You know, he had Chris Paul come into the locker room. He's had uh, Monty Williams as his head coach. He's had people around him that have helped him develop uh, into a mature player and human being. And I give him props for the way that he's handled everything this year. You can definitely be upset with feeling like you're being disrespected in terms of what kind of deal. I mean, that's just a part of sports. But when it comes to wanting to win games and being and not allowing that to affect the the team culture or anything like that, because you're after this deal. Um, I think he's done a really good job. He hasn't deleted anything from his social media. He hasn't made a fuss about it. He just went on, put his head down and said, kept playing the game and said, uh, you know, I'll prove it to you. Hopefully I get an extension and we're all good at the end of the season. But either way, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to give it my all. I think that he's a staple of this team. I think moving forward after, you know, Chris Paul is, is at the tail end of his career. 
So in the next couple of years, you're going to have to sort of get into a, a situation where you're looking at rebuilding. And I think Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton should be your build your pieces that you're building around. Mm -hmm. And so I think he definitely deserves it. I believe that he's going to, to get that deal and that it will not end up being drama at the end of the season. But I do think there's still, he's still under a little bit of a test. Yeah. I think if, if he, one thing with him has been consistency. I think if they get to the playoffs and all of a sudden he's super inconsistent, um, I don't know. Maybe there's some questions there. I mean, this is very much a a trial season for him. Yeah. Uh, But I think to this point, in my opinion, personal opinion, I would say they get the deal done and Aiton is here to stay. Yeah. And B's in the comments saying Aiton's approach has been refreshing. He yeah. has maintained a professional demeanor and that is evident in the evolution of his game throughout the year. Um, William Jasper making a good point saying the difference between those situations are Monty Williams and James yep. Jones and yeah. Cliff that's and Kahn. That's exactly yeah. it. it PD, what are your thoughts no, I, on I that? I completely agree. And that's what we talked about before. It's the organization. It's the it's coaching leadership. staff. It's, it's the, culture. the leadership group and the culture. And, and CP3 brings some of that to the locker room. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's an expectation. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors. We're not privy to those conversations. Was DA a problem in the room? And C- CP3 goes, hey, here's how it should be. Here's how you yeah, handle it. Yeah, but here's the, the thing, guidance. too. DA said he doesn't want to disappoint Chris Paul. Uh, yeah. He doesn't want to disappoint yes, Monty yeah. Williams. It's it's Kyler who he doesn't want to disappoint himself, maybe. Yeah, but right, does but Kyler want to not disappoint his head coach yeah. or, you know, DeAndre Hopkins or whatever? I don't think that that accountability even exists where he I want to be the best leader I can be and the best player I can be for you and for you and for you. Yeah. And it's going to change who I am as a player, my approach and help me grow as a human being. And so maybe we just totally uncovered something. Right. Here. Well, Chris, Chris Paul, like you said. He is willing to to discipline him on the court. So I can only imagine, like you said, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. But if he's if he's so willing to coach him on the court yeah. uh, during a game, you can only imagine the advice and and the uh, you know at least and call him out tutelage. Yeah, right. And and just everything. But the other thing there too, on the flip side, is the support from those guys. Right, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. We heard from all these guys that said pay da. Right. So they're behind their guy and they showed him the support and we didn't get that contract those might have been the same guys that picked him up and said that's fine we'll get it for you this year yeah well your performance this year we'll get you that money and to have guys around you like that making you kind of calming you down so that you're not having those moments of you know immaturity or just kind of lashing out like sometimes you can you can take stuff for a while but then there you just have those weak moments where uh you all of a sudden were really angry about it because you you thought about it too much or whatever and it you know caused you to yeah. Do something dumb on social media. I will say I'm really impressed with DeAndre Ayton and the way that he's handled this situation this year. He could have been way worse and he could have done the typical NBA superstar thing where, I mean, look at James Harden. I'm pretty sure James Harden's not hurt and he just wanted to not play. 15 teams. Yeah. I mean, we could have had a James, another mini James Harden on our hands. Yeah. And DeAndre Ayton, you know, one of the biggest questions around surrounding him was his maturity level and, you know, his ability to be a grown up and make grown up decisions. And I think the way that he's handled this entire, I guess, slight of not getting that rookie max contract extension has been nothing short of mature. And I'm super proud of him for handling it that way. And again, I do think you can accredit a lot of that behavior to the people around him in the locker room, to the leaders that he's been given in his coach and his GM. And I do think the Suns have established, at least from the GM level down, a great organizational culture that you know, really supports their players and and accountability is their main focus at the end of the day, which I really appreciate. So I am proud of DA for the way that he's handled 
handled not getting that rookie max contract extension and he does deserve that bag so i really hope the suns open up that wallet because he freaking deserves it really quickly on the maco meter of drama let's bring back the meter um where do you guys think this falls on the meter of drama i don't think it's that high but i'm interested to see no it's nothing right now i mean it could be like let's revisit at the end of the season but i don't think it's i don't think it's drama now i don't think it's gonna be drama yeah Yeah. it's because the way he handled it though yeah exactly it could have been drama like i said he could have been james harden 2.0 big big deal yeah publicly we don't hear about it he just goes out and plays and you want to get paid do two things put up really good numbers and win yeah if this team wins can you imagine the pressure on this group to pay da yes they win Oh my but, God. But going back yes. to Chirsten's comment about rebuilding, you don't need to rebuild with how young this team right. is, right? right? Like, yeah, Chris, you might windows lose Chris open. Paul, right? But the, windy windows the window's open. open to bring in somebody else to replace him. That I'm not going to say there's ever going to be a Chris Paul, but by that time, these guys might well, be. Well, Bridges, Cam Johnson, guys that are still on, on rookie contracts, you're going to have to. I mean, you will in the next few years. Sure, you're going to lose some. It, guys. You're going to have to maneuver a lot. And I still think your two anchors for sure, whether you are able to keep both or two, like it, the team. Team's going to change inevitably, and I think those are your two anchors. Yeah, yeah I agree. Mikhail um, Bridges needs to stay too because that oh my god, I love Mikhail. He is a meme, crazy. a walking meme. I swear to God, his face is iconic. Please, <laughs> please, please let Mikhail stay because I love that guy. Before we move on to the Coyotes, and we do have some baseball stuff to talk about. Sorry, guys, we're, we have a lot to talk about. Mikhail, today. I didn't realize that she has the three most long-winded. Yeah, uh, I know. People I'm sorry, guys. Um, hopefully, you all <laughs> watching don't mind. Too, <laughs> hopefully, you all watching don't mind. We might go a little bit over today sorry guys um before we go on to the coyotes the baseball i do have to tell you about our newest partner because i love them so freaking much you guys i'm so happy we're partnering with this company because they have a product that i use literally every day i started taking athletic greens because i am tired 25 8 i swear to god there's not enough sleep in the world that i could get to where i wake up feeling energized i have some issues where i just want to sleep all day i'm working on it i'm trying to get better at it but the good news is, is Athletic Greens has helped me get more energy. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning. I literally roll out of bed because I don't have enough energy to walk <laughs> to the kitchen yeah. and I get my bed. Get the you the guys, if I have to be up before 10 a.m. I am a monster. But yeah. thankfully, Athletic Greens is super easy. I just grab it out of my fridge. I take one scoop in my water bottle i give that thing a shake and i chug it and i swear to you guys i've already seen a huge improvement in my energy levels i feel like i finally have enough energy to get through the day without needing to also chug a coffee and i can just drink my coffee and enjoy it instead god i know because i (laughs) have given starbucks my entire life savings at this point but anyways Athletic Greens is awesome, but there's a ton of other benefits that you get from it as well. It supports a better sleep quality and recovery. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and it costs you less than $3 a day, plus you're investing in your health. It's also great for your gut health. I've heard people have seen their skin improve from all the minerals that are in there. So make sure you go check out Athletic Greens. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to go is do is go to athleticgreens.com slash TPSP. That stands for the Phoenix Sports Podcast. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash TPSP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I promise you guys, I love that thing so much.
much. It is making too. such a difference in my yeah. life. <laughs> I, I take pre-workout supplement and it has such a like a, a, a short shelf life of giving you energy because that's what it's supposed to do. Yeah. But since I've been taking Athletic Greens, it's like it, it's it's just extended and it allows me to actually like not have to take an afternoon nap after I'm done working out. And the we love it. Works, work, we love out. it. Um, Jordan's saying Mac needs an IV filled with coffee. Mm-hmm. I would be so down with that. I could just like bring that thing with me everywhere and just inject caffeine into my veins. Um, B saying, I love this. Please go overtime. All right, it's official. B yeah. said it. We're going <laughs> overtime. Um, Jacob, our producer, no, is very unhappy because he's hungry, but that's okay. Uh, we'll, he'll suffer through for us. I think this is great content, so we'll just keep going. All right, when the Arizona Coyotes, an NHL team, announced that they were going to be sharing an arena with a collegiate hockey team the internet was on fire Uh, there were so many memes gifts like comments from everybody from joe schmo down the street to national media members who were roasting the arizona coyotes for sharing an arena with uh the asu sun devils this was probably some of my favorite ones um at 13 pav on twitter saying they will have a nice practice facility obviously with their bubble hockey game um uh, oreo speed wagon saying clayton keller coming down the middle um obviously they're playing knee ball hockey i didn't see those they're so good the drama was at an absolute all-time high because for whatever reason just kidding not for whatever reason people were really like making Making fun of the coyotes. Wait, what's that? What's the game where you what what is what's the Table name of that? That's bubble hockey. Yeah, yeah, bubble hockey. Yeah, that's the that's the uh, coyotes new practice. Oh, but is, is it is it is it drama yeah. here though? Like Kyler blew up in Arizona. Is this a big deal here? Well, I think I generally think coyotes fans are happy about it, but they yeah. were also super pissed about the national reaction. Like they were all over Twitter defending the organization, defending yeah. the team's decision to move. Like they. And, you know, along with, you know, the bubble hockey comments, there were also, well, we have a perfect stadium here in Quebec for them, or they could share yeah, the arena yeah. with the Rockets. That's, like, that's really and what it that is the to. easiest way to piss Coyotes fans off is to talk about relocation. So, you know, Coyotes fans were upset. They were saying this is great for us. People were saying this isn't great. So there was a lot of debate going on if this was a good move or not. It's absurd. It's a great move. I don't understand how. I mean, I get it. You're. But Glendale is miserable. Uh, people don't like going out to Glendale. That's the fact of the matter. Your season ticket holders are located in the East Valley. You're yeah. making them happy. You're giving them an opportunity not only to be season ticket holders, but to have a completely unique experience that all of these same people who are getting their jokes in are going to be just like Petey said. They're going to be the people that are going to be like, hey, Petey, can you get me tickets? They're yeah. going to be the same people, right? Because that's what it's going to come down to. You're going to see it and you're going to want to be there. It kind of reminds me sometimes of making fun of the Winter Classic. And then no matter what, no matter the conditions, no matter how weird it gets, you're still like, this is pretty freaking cool. This the way that this came together. Outdoor hockey is cool and it's always great to see it. It's not feasible to do it for all games, but man, we kind of wish they did, right? Like the the Field of Dreams game in MLB was the same way, right? It was a very small, like they could have sold 150,000 seats if they could have put it on that field for people to come to because everybody wanted to go to that. Yeah. But part of that was the exclusivity and not being able to, yeah. to attend it. Pete, do you think I'm not as warm and fuzzy as Derek is on this, that yeah. this is great. I don't think it's great. I think this is for the future of this organization in this city. It's great mm-hmm. because it keeps them here. Yeah. Do I think that this was a, a business error years in the making? Yep. Absolutely. Mm. This started when Steve Elman moved the team to Glendale. That's where it started. Yeah. That was sure. a mistake. Huge, Huge mistake. mistake. But ownership group after ownership group after ownership group said we can't play here. We can't generate enough revenue to play here. Well, where's the building? 
where is it? We've talked about it for almost 20 years. Where is the building? Yeah. We've talked about, oh, it's going to be in Salt River. For sure it's going to be. Oh, it's going to be in Mesa. Well, it might be in Tempe. I think it's going to be downtown. Build the damn thing. Yeah. yeah. So this thing should, we should be in the ground. We should see framework yeah. and they go, okay, we got to play ASU for a year. I'm sorry that the beautiful building in Tempe is not built yet, but we're almost there. For it to get to this point is a big, big business error because I think there were some egos involved. Mm -hmm. I think there were people that really thought the deal between Glendale and the Coyotes was going to happen again, whether it's right or wrong. They thought they'd be in that facility for a few more years until they bridged the gap to a big facility. Unfortunately, by the time the Arizona Coyote management finally realized, oh shit, they're serious. We're really not going to play here. They shut the door on some more feasible facilities, including the Madhouse on McDowell, yeah. which is going to seat 13,000. Needs a lot of money. But if you play there, you go, okay, it's it's it, not that much different than Long Island Coliseum. Could have been good. There. It's yeah. not it different than little, you know where the Detroit was playing and Joe Lewis. It's not that much different. So right. we could do that. And, but do you, and, so and then it, you understand the negativity that's surrounding this moon, right? Well, oh, don't yeah. forget, they also got kicked out. And that's the reason why all of this is happening. And, and like you said, the Glendale was petty. Glendale, made, they were petty from day one. The minute that these this entire process started to go south, they had no problem saying in their like city council meetings and stuff how they didn't want the Coyotes here. But they deserve to be petty. This. The Coyotes weren't paying them but, any money. It all started when the city of Glendale basically sued the uh, the Coyotes and to get out of this long-term deal. And after that, they went year to year. And that happened, what, like six years ago? At least. Okay. So then what are you doing the last six years? Obviously, if they sued your butt to get out of a 15-year-old deal that they just signed, it's not a long-term feasible thing to work out right. with the city of Glendale. So what have you been doing for the last six years? Yeah. And why did you get to the point where things got so bad that they've now kicked you out and you literally did not have a place to go? And thank God, ASU just so happy to be building this complex or else then what would have happened yeah. they so, would have been shit out of luck so yeah so people i think are trying to look at the bright side of things right and yeah. just it is what it is that's and so we'll, we'll make the you most do. out of that's it but ever anyone who has uh you know any ill things to say about what's going on right now is also justified well yeah. speaking of ill things to say i do have a couple more tweets for you guys that i, I absolutely don't love glendale harmless here like glendale's at fault too yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's what i'm saying that's why yeah. i brought in the lawsuit okay, and everything sure. yeah i'm not painting the coyotes organization as the bad guys i'm not doing that they should have fixed this a long long time ago but yeah. do you think do you think in a way this was posturing and everything that they were doing was just trying to make it so that maybe they could get this deal with glendale done 100 agree yeah. i think they believed that this was BS and they were going to play in Glendale. And I believe that was during this hockey season. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, here are a couple more of my favorite tweets from people reacting to this. Um, what do you guys think of the Arizona Coyotes new barn? It's a male. It's a mall skating <laughs> rink at Christmas. <laughs> um, and then someone tweeting uh, Arizona's next arena deal in 2024, 2025. And it's a basement hockey uh, rink. That, and Paul Bissonnette was so kind to quote tweet it and say, delete this. Yeah. <laughs> that makes hope, me miss Metro Center. Metro uh, Center used to have an ice skating Let's hope rink five years from now. This team has big draft picks. They've surrounded them with a great surrounding cast. And the building that they have proposed in Tempe is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. It's the in a area great location. Is amazing. The location yeah. that they like, want to put it at is perfect. If that happens and this is the bridge deal that gets them there, they're going to play in brand new facilities at ASU. They've got brand new locker rooms that they're building themselves on their own dime that they have to pay for in advance. They're going to be in an unbelievable atmosphere. All of those things are true and they will be here long term if they get the deal in Tempe. Because if they don't. Yeah. They will not be, I, they again, 
they will not finish that three-year deal at ASU. I'm going to say this just again, going back to the, uh, the ticket thing or the size of the venue. I have never once walked into a venue and been disappointed by how small it is. Not once. I've never been because I mean I don't know. Derek is not disappointed right? by the size of things. Yeah, you heard it here size. first. First time you heard size of the matters. Okay. First time Derek heard that today. Sorry, I saw my shot. Like, I you're talking, liking it to a, a concert. If yeah. you, the better concerts are the smaller venues for your right. your favorite artists. Right. That's fantastic. So yeah. I just feel like to a certain degree, that's kind of the experience they're trying to. Maybe 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 that's their thought process here is that they can sell this out yep. constantly. And then that makes it look like, hey, look at we've had three solid seasons of sellouts and like that makes Generate moving to that new venue, you know, better. Right? On the Macometer, the Macometer of drama, what score do you give this? And I think we should include the entire thing, though. So from like them not oh, paying taxes so to Glendale drama. to like all the way up to this point and then Glendale exposing them for not paying their money, giving them their money. Where do we? I think it's pretty high. I would probably give this like uh, maybe like a seven or an eight. If it were football or basketball, we were talking about in this town doing this, it'd be a 10. Yeah. 10. But it's not. An 11. So it's not. Yeah. So what's your scores? I mean, I still think it's pretty dang high for any sport to have this happening to them. So I'm going to go ahead and say like a nine. Yeah. I I mean, I think it's pretty high because the thing is, is we're still in the thick and we just all talked about it. We're still in the thick of like, is it going to work or is it not going to work? And we're seeing like a situation that's happened that's that's happening that's never happened before. So I'm going to say it's at an all time high. Um, and I'm just going to get a nine. Yeah. The, the embarrassment and cringe level is at a ten. Oh yeah, it's definitely absolute ten nine, on the embarrassment you know, level. PD, what are your thoughts? Well, I, first of all, I'm impressed that everybody knew this much about the hockey team in the arena. So that makes <laughs> me feel good for what the hell I do because we're kind of like the stepchildren here. We get it, like. We're the few, the proud, we're the hockey fans. So that's really cool. The you drama around is your team? season happening right now? Excuse Still. me. Of course we're gonna Do pay you attention. Know? Barely. But but the drama is very <laughs> yeah. high around this franchise for an incredibly long time. Yeah. And I as a person that's been around it for a long time, I hope that at some point the drama fades away. Yeah. Because yeah. it's been nonstop drama for twenty years. And it shouldn't it's too bad. Yeah. There's a lot of good people that work there. There's a lot of great players that have played there. And there's a lot of great fans that support this team. And I hope at the end of the tunnel that they don't have to do, it shouldn't be drama anymore. Yeah. It's sports. Let's have fun. The Suns are our model in a way, exactly. even though they can't get away from the drama with Sarver and everything else that's happened as of late, right? But, but still, you love what they're doing. But we're not it's hearing like, about it right now. Right. It's like 10 years. They did get away with it kind of, away and, from yeah, it, kind of. Yeah, it really did. I mean, you got to say like that, the DA news and that, they handled it in a way that made it go away. No matter how they handled it, they definitely handled it in a way that made it uh, that kind of just disappear. I feel bad for Coyotes fans. Their existence is drama, but hopefully we're on the lower side of this existence and we can move forward in a positive scary. way. All right. I, I know we're getting a little longer, but I do want to talk about this one thing because it does affect a lot of people here in the Valley. And that is the fact that uh, you can go ahead and put up the tweet for this. Today, yes, today was supposed to be the official first day of spring training for all 30 teams. Instead, we are heading into the 77th day of the MLB lockout. Spring training is officially delayed. My heart is in pieces on the floor because 15 of those 30 teams are here in the Valley and we're supposed to start spring training today. And obviously, 
That is not happening because we have the dumbest and the worst commissioner in the history of sports all time in charge of this league right now. And uh, we are without spring training, which affects a lot of people, a lot of businesses in the Valley. And I'm upset about it. And I I feel like I'm justified in being upset about it because what the actual F is going on? You're not stoked about minor league minicamp? No, I am not stoked about minor league minicamp. I'm so sorry to to the amazing minor league baseball players out there. Um, I love you, but no. Um, I'm very salty that I will not get to sit outside in the warmth with a beer and watch Major League Baseball players play spring training They're games. not allowed to call it spring training. So no. minor league minicamp it is. Well, minor for now minicamp. it actually is minor league minicamp because they're not playing any games and they might not play any games should it stay minor league minicamp. I've been uh, had a chance to be angry about this for 77 days now, so <laughs> I'm a little calm about it. But what I will say is, MLB, Major League Baseball, has absolutely taken the villain role in this entire situation. They seem to not care at all that they were the ones that initiated the lockout and that are holding the season hostage. They also don't care about their public image right now so much so that they're letting it be known that they don't want to pay minor league players for participating in spring training or for participating in postseason. They literally said that it is to the players' benefit it's, to not get paid. Yeah. Minor league baseballers to not get paid because they benefit. From us. They benefit from the training yeah, that they benefit, receive. You benefit from being here playing games for Are us. they in that big of a financial situation no. where they're what, mm. this is the reason they're doing this? Here's the thing. The one thing that uh like that was before all of this was the decision to start paying minor league players uh housing. So they are now paying minor league housing, but now is like the other other side of it, like the pendulum swinging in the other way. Well, there has to be there has to be cutbacks if it's we're like going to basic pay. economics. People right. want more minimum wages and people got to. Sl- I mean, listen, I get it and right. I don't mean to get political, but that's just kind of how it works. You want more. We want housing. We want this. And they're like, OK, well, now we got to take something from somewhere else. Correct. But there's also just this general idea that. They don't they don't need to do that because it doesn't really cost that much to run all like all four or five of your minor league teams in your organization. Yeah, Uh, we're talking about two point five to three million dollars. You know what you would pay a pretty decent player, but not even like a, you know, an all star on your team. So it doesn't seem like it costs that much now. They also want to reduce the number of minor league players. They said they want to cut jobs out of the minor leagues. Basically back to 150. From 180. uh, Yeah. And not every team has that. Two teams have less than 150 players in their minor league organization. Five have over 180. So those five would be parting way with 30 plus minor leaguers in their system. And then across the board, across 30 teams, it's a couple of hundred probably that they're cutting, which like you said, right there is the cost Paying those players is this the cost all just that they're going to screams like we are foreseeing like a a major like impact in terms of the money and revenue that we're bringing in and we need to jump ahead of it. Otherwise, why would they continue they're to just be greedy? I honestly things? think I it's know. greed. It's the way minor league pay is structured is absolutely absurd. These guys, even at triple A level, don't make more than like fifteen yeah, thousand dollars make a, a year. Right, exactly. Right. So then. Yeah. You're, you're, we've talked about recruiting and how like things you do affect the recruiting. Well, Kyler Murray's not going to play baseball when in this, you know, here he is going through the drama of being the starting quarterback for the Cardinals and leading them part way through an undefeated season. Whereas he would probably be toiling away in a double A team. He'd probably be in Amarillo or the equivalent for the Oakland A's uh, organization. Uh, just learning how to be a baseball player. The way that they treat young players and such in baseball is ridiculous. And well, to me, it's like if you want 
a good product, invest in your product. Like these minor league players are out here starving, like sleeping on floors of hotel ballrooms. It's not it's not during their season. Like, how are you expecting them to be mentally in the right place to compete physically in the right place to compete when they're starving themselves because they're not fed when they're sleeping on the floors of ballrooms because their housing wasn't provided last season it is now thank god but like i just don't understand the logic like and you expect these players to be competing competing at the highest level that they can at whatever ball whatever a double a they're assigned but then you're not going to support them or invest in them in the bait in the literally human basic way to feed them and house them that blows my mind most minor leaguers have to have a second job yeah, and like that's, they're playing baseball, and, and then after like they're the done standard, playing baseball, right. they go drive for Uber Eats. Yeah, you have Fernando Tatis Jr., who actually took out a loan uh, guaranteeing an uh, investment firm future percentage of his earnings for him to be given this loan that would allow him to have proper housing. He was able to get a trainer, personal trainer. He was able to eat well, you know, and that was one of the biggest things, was he said a lot of his teammates were, you know, you're eating Jack in the Box and McDonald's and fast food and things like that. And it's just not the life that a young. I'm also going to go ahead and say that as a uh, journalist trying to make my way, uh, also had to have second jobs, not paying. (laughs) I mean, you see it everywhere. It's not the only. Okay, having a second job is like a 98 mile per hour fastball. No, no, no. What I'm I'm saying is, it's not like inhumane conditions to like. Oh, somebody's got a second job. Do you want it or do you not want it? And the ceiling for journalism, I will make this comparison. If you make it to the highest of heights, and maybe I am super talented. Maybe you just don't know that, okay? Maybe you just don't know how talented I am, okay? (laughs) I I will say that, like, young journalists, they're trying to make it, etc. I'm not, like, comparing the two, like, necessarily. But that's not the only career. But it also doesn't excuse it. Like, young journalists should get be paid more. It's It's not the only career path where you're saying (laughs) I'm going all in on this and I've got to work a second job because this is my dream. It's by like not even by a long shot. Is that the only industry that that applies to? I had to work work five jobs, by the way, all at once. Here's what I'm saying is the problem at its core is how is that making a young athlete, some kid that's awesome at everything he does? Pick baseball over football or basketball. No, when you got a great point for that. When your path great there point. is so much better, it's it looks it's so damaging much, for the sport overall right. in every I would single never way. And if you're baseball. pulling out of smaller cities that don't have other teams, that maybe you're going to their your single A, double A, whatever affiliate in another city, and now you're bringing fans in that way because they've got a minor league team. They right. might be not in a big city right. where there's an MLB yeah. team, but if you're if you're deciding that you want to diminish the amount of teams that you have and pull out, I mean, I get, I think that they're trying. This is my personal opinion. I think they foresee economic impacts. Uh, you know, we're not doing well. Our sport continues to trend in the wrong direction. So we're going to get ahead of it by slashing costs. And I think it will. Like I'm saying I get some of the moves that they're trying to make without with leaving my emotions out of it. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong from a business standpoint. I get it. But I do think that it will end up backfiring on them in the future. Well, okay, hold on. I want Petey to get a word in edgewise because no, Petey no. is a baseball fan. <laughs> it was a great content. But... Okay. But I'm about to shut you guys all down. Petey is a covert baseball a, fan. There's a lot of stuff to digest here. And, and one of the things Cherson said is important to take in that, yes, you have to to, to earn your way. And if that's what you want to do, that's the way you do. The, the difference I see in that is that the money is at the top of these organizations. It, it's if you want to be a journalist, there's people in in here that are working 
for free or working really hard to try to make their way that, that I work with every day. But the people that are making it are ABC, ESPN, TNT. Right. And 100%. Not, the ceiling's very high. Yeah. Agree. But it's not that the people down the hall from here are making $2 million and I'm trying to get to their level and they're paying me five bucks an hour. Yeah. The difference here is at this level of your franchise, you are paying people an exorbitant amount of money, exorbitant. And in the same franchise, in the same job that you want these players to become these guys, you want these guys to be the lifeblood. You want these guys to be the guys that are earning you money, but we're not going to treat you fairly is a concern to me. And I'll, I'll go to a sport that I know better as hockey. The Tucson Roadrunners are the Coyotes minor league team. Do they get paid as much? Absolutely not. Livable wage? Sure. Do some of the guys live together, five guys in a house? Yes, sure. they do. Sure. But the one thing that this team at, at, at the American Hockey League level to compete, they do provide food. They Their meals are good down there because they want them to be healthy and strong and be able yeah. to work out because they know that player is an asset that's going to help the big club Invest potentially down the road. That's assets. the part that I think is the disconnect yeah. for me with the minor league players is that's their asset to build them in the future. So what I'd like to see, which you won't see, is where's the give and take from the player that's been there, gone through all that, and now I'm 26, 27, I'm making my $14 million. No, you can't make $14 million. You're going to have to make thirteen five, and some of that has to go back into, no, 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 no. Well, you don't take it from me. Yeah. I made it now. So yeah, hell yeah. with you. Yeah. That's where I'd like to see a little bit more of the give and take from mm. wh where are the players stand? And I don't know. And I, I'm not That's a what baseball created guy. This, no, where, wasn't it the players union or the ones that were saying that like we need to, am I totally off? No, no. What do you, what, no. What I'd like to see the players fighting, get back too. Weren't they fighting for. Well, the players are fighting for, the, for like the younger guys that don't necessarily make. Yeah. Like arbitration yet. years. Pre-arbitration years. Right. Mm -hmm. So. They are not eligible. So they're still in their rookie contract. And all they want is if they become one of the top performers in the league, that they should receive a bonus. They want a bonus pool to pay out to some of these And they also guys. don't want what happened to Chris Bryant to, have to other, happen to other people. Right. So it doesn't too. extend into like food and living wage, things like that necessarily. Not, not right now. Not for not okay. for major league players, but for minor but league players. But at least they've got their, the, like, the, the players that are ahead of this. are. It's not benefiting them. Well, the players, yeah, like, like the players that are arguing on their behalf are like the highest paid players in right. the league, like right. Max yeah. Scherzer. That's Eric the other thing that makes me so mad about this entire situation is like minor league baseball doesn't have a seat at the table. Nobody is there advocating for them, right. and it has well, it affects them so much. PA, and nobody there can. Like, and I know the PA represents the PA is technically right. advocating on but their the behalf. But the PA only right? cares about the 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 major league baseball players that are there talking on the behalf of the PA like well, minor league baseball doesn't have a seat at the table and nobody is there sticking up for those kids they're trying that's what they're trying to do and that's the thing is is like the owners don't even want to acknowledge a lot of the things they want to do because they're like they, like they're not countering back we're not hearing them meet halfway in the middle they basically want like you know the the players want a hundred plus million and the owners are like how about 10 yeah you know it's like literally the jack donaghy from 30 rock thing of starting negotiations with a dollar on the table before you go but right now like what pd said the lifeblood of small market teams is are those young players right they're not like teams like the diamondbacks they're not spending the money on the big free agents that are over 30 years old they're they're gonna make yeah. up their team like a lot of teams are based on the Astros kind of blueprint and other things mm -hmm. of holding, you know, the minor league players back until they're ready so that their time doesn't start on their contract and doing all these things to manipulate their careers. So if essentially they don't have to pay them as much over the course of their career. Right. But you have things like the competitive balance tax, which is one of the biggest things that they're arguing over. There's no cap, right? You just have mm -hmm. this, this amount set. And if you go over it, you, you have pay to pay some. this percentage uh, of what you went over. Right. Well, 
I don't know. Maybe like, okay, maybe a way to come in the middle is maybe still have the competitive balance tax, but have that money go to something other than the other teams that aren't spending as much. Because again, that competitive balance tax. That's like the worst part about baseball, in my opinion. Right. Well, financial model is for a sport that's deteriorating in fans and viewership and where they're going. Their financial model doesn't work, but the only ones that can fix it are guys are, hey, I don't want to spend any more money, but here's 200 million. What? Right. Well, don't stop paying them that then. Well, and again, <laughs> like, yourself. teams like the D-backs can stay in the black as far as financially because yep. they're getting revenue sharing. They're not spending a lot on the players. And, you know, honestly, they're also getting players from the draft and they have this great class of prospects that are going to be coming up soon. But for now, they can just kind of, you know, kind of roll along, uh, lose 100 games in a season and still be making money on the financial and side. That's the and we don't even know that. that. The model for me for baseball, different than hockey tanking, baseball tanking your team's out of it by April. Yeah. And it's not one or two teams. It's half of the league yep. is done by April. Correct. And, well, that's a problem. You've got yeah. that many teams Huge losing problem. 100 games and you're okay. And you know what? We're selling it to your fans. We're, this, we're losing. They were out of it even before April, just like <laughs> the Coyotes were on this season. <laughs> they just right. don't say it publicly. And that right? to me, it's, if, when you have over half of the league is out of the playoffs before the All-Star break, that's a problem. Oh, My thing with all of this, I'm just, trying, to I'm just trying to recognize that there are financial issues with the sport itself and with it the way that it's constructed. And I'm not saying they're going about like figuring certain things out in the right way, but they're in a spot right now where they've got to make changes one way or another. Yeah, I agree. Well, airport hangar that they can't fill up, right? Like most nights I was there, there was was like 6,000 people there most nights. Like you talk about the issue with the venue. I mean, that that venue that the, the Coyotes are playing at, the the D-backs couldn't even fill up a lot of nights because they don't have more than 5,000, 6,000 people show up. Baseball is making me very sad, and I'm very upset about it. Uh, yeah. I have a reaction from a couple people. I think it's the fourth one, Emma. Um, <laughs> people reacting on Twitter to spring training not starting on time, which I agree is very sad. Um, I don't know if we have it. Uh, Mac, I'm with fourth. you. And I don't want this to be harsh. I love baseball. I'm a bigger baseball yeah. fan than I'm a hockey fan. Sincerely. Yes. I would rather be at spring training right now. That yeah. breaks You're my a heart. bigger baseball fan oh, than a hockey no. fan? Love yeah. baseball. Oh yeah. That's why I want a PD way in there because he loves baseball. I, I watch baseball. All, it's and, on MLB Network all summer. Yeah. And it's just, it's so and miserable. it's warm, by the way, Cheerson. It's warm. It's, um, here's some of the reactions sucks. to people on Twitter, by the way, about baseball not starting on time. Uh, Shoot me $0. I, I like uh, the elbow uh, there, sure. <laughs> I want him to get it salt. I want him to be spring training, joy. drinking a beer, and eating a hot dog yeah. tomorrow. I know. I'm pissed about spring training not starting on time. I genuinely love watching baseball games and it's the best way to spend springtime in Arizona and it's really sad that yeah. it's not only affecting me it's affecting my coworkers. it's also affecting the businesses in Arizona the like this it, it's the local economy is going to take a hit which is really sad but um if you're wondering where the the updates of the talks are there's nothing on the books they have nothing scheduled it's been 14 hmm. days no there's nothing on the well, books as of yeah as uh, here's the thing though that's crazy about this like you said about rob manfred being the worst uh they don't need a new cba in place in order for rob manfred just to call the lockout over and get the season started they, play. they, can play they, c- they could also get a federal judge to get involved oh. and make them play like they did during the strike because the strike ended back in 95 without uh, without them having a new CBA done. So when they made the decision to do it, they had to continue under the current CBA until a new one could be done. They could have done this the whole time. Yeah. There was no reason to lock lock the players out other than you wanted to apply pressure on them so that they would concede on these issues that they want you to take into consideration. And that's all we've seen up to this point. Mostly has been the players saying, okay, not 125, but how about 100 million? Okay, maybe not the top 30. If they're not in the top 30, how about they're in the top 20? 
Uh, and we're talking about the 7% so players of players are, and stuff. Like, trying? the players are trying. Yeah. You know, it's, but then the it's owners. It's very much on the league. And I hate the league right now. Right. Um, it's the same reason why they didn't want a mediator. Because a mediator isn't going to look at it fairly. They're just going to want the sides to, like, meet in the middle. Yeah. And when the owners are starting at zero. Yeah. And the players are starting at $125 million or $100 yeah. million, Right? Meeting in the middle is a bigger concession on the players' part. Well, nice. baseball's frustrating. It's really pissing me off. And one thing we all can agree on is Rob Manfred is a fucking moron. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the worst commissioner in the history of Just sports. Not interested um, in in the game, and honestly, like we've alluded to, there's a real issue with popularity, both with wanting to play it and wanting to watch it. Yeah, well, hopefully they can figure this out. Um, thank you guys for all of you who have sat here for this very long episode. We appreciate you so much. We have to let Jacob go eat, otherwise he's going to murder us. Um, on the Macometer drama, I give this a ten. I'm so frustrated that baseball's not here, but hopefully we can figure it out. Um, if you are still here, we love you, and it's because you're family. If you're not a part of our family, make sure to go over to gophnx.com, become a member, and get your first month for only 50 cents, or if you become an annual subscriber, you get a free t-shirt. Thank you again so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week.